Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Hour number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott in this hour coming up, which is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, uh, we will hook up with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. And out of the athletic, uh, which is uh, making a huge dent uh, throughout the country, James Myrtle for a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, you can uh, text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. We will tell you that Ashley Fine Floors is currently renovating. Come see what's on sale at 143rd Street and 111th Avenue or visit ashleyfinefloors.com. As we head off to a River Creek Resort Casino hotline, uh, the River Creek, proud to present comedian Don Bernstick. Live virtual show tomorrow night with 100% of the proceeds going to Food Banks, Alberta, and Enoch Cree Nation Food Bank. Get tickets at RiverCreeResort.com. Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Hey, Spec, how are you? I'm doing pretty fair. How you doing, buddy? Not bad. Some. Uh, give me your first uh, overall impressions of the first uh, three or four days of training camp for Edmonton so far. Well, if uh, I remember a year. Well, I don't know. I always say a year ago. Whenever ago it was, and I guess it's when Connor McDavid was coming back in uh, from his knee injury. We watched training camp with bated breath and thought, "Oh man, it was going to be okay." Uh, that would have been, I guess, what, last September, September before yep. that. Yep. Now, uh, he's the best player on the ice by a country mile. He's the fastest player. He's scoring the most goals. He's he's Connor McDavid, man. He's poised, I think, Bob, to have a, a Herculean season. Um, he should be the best player in the team. He is the best player in the team. That's a, one of the first things I've seen out there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Until again, and you and me had no idea, Mark, of what the extent was because things were so hush hush during the fall of twenty. What year was that? Now twenty nineteen. <laughs> Can't even remember. I, you All know, and, are so screwed up. <laughs> you know, Mark, you remember back to two thousand six, and I would show you these emails when people used to email before there was text messaging. Hey, Stoffer, I'm hearing that Chris Pronger is going to, you know, leave town at the end of the season. I remember I showed you one of those emails, and you're like, who are these people that put this stuff out there? And sure enough, it happened to me. Well, you and me both kind of got the occasional text about, hey, I hear McDavid's not, you know, not at a hut, not at a But how, like, you know, all all signs were pointing to him being fine, and then they ended up doing an hour-long documentary about it, Smack. What yeah. you're saying this year is McDavid looks far more explosive than he did at the start of last preseason. Oh, yeah. Like, he just, he's just, you know, I guess I guess we can put a whole, a whole bow on that thing. I mean, the scariest part of that whole, I was there, you were there the night he went into that post in Calgary. 
the scariest part was that you know what if he what if he came out of that thing and wasn't a, didn't have the jump he had before what if he you know what if it affected his career and we can now put a bow on all that it hasn't he does he's faster than he was uh, he got through that thing okay you know uh, so all of that's done and that's great uh, in this camp, as, I, as I'll repeat, Bob, I mean, what did he score? Uh, he scored two yesterday, he scored, I think, one today. Um, and he's just, you know, he's just so explosive out there. It's unbelievable. So it'll be a fun year to watch 97 again this year. Yeah, well, uh, he's probably the least of the Oilers' concerns right now, Mark. I think we all, I I will say this, I think a lot of us talked about the additional Oilers' depth up front, and that's been a wee bit challenged because, uh, according yesterday to Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, Mark, Gaetan Haas and James Neal are not expected back soon. Take a look at what happened in Nashville. Where does James Neal skate? I think we can figure out that maybe there was a challenge here with the ongoing pandemic that's maybe altered because uh, James Neal is around. He's visible. He was again uh, at the uh, Oilers skate again today. So he's in town. So it's just going to be a pros. He is skating, but not skating with his teammates. So, but we all thought there was additional depth up front. To me, it's been the puck move. Like, Larson looks way better than late July, Mark. Jones and Larson together look pretty good as a pairing. Uh, obviously, Nurse and Barry played together last year. There's better puck moving in those top two pairings. Then we have Barry, and today Tyson Barry was not with Chris Russell, but was with Slater Cuckoo. So could this be an area of a little bit better puck transition than maybe some people thought even as early as a week ago? Yeah, well, if you get, you know, don't forget that, that Ethan Bear was a rookie last year, right? So there's, you know, we've all watched players come up through the ranks. He, he improves. He improves. Sometimes they step back as a sophomore, right? We know the sophomore jinx, but there's more. Uh, Ethan Bear was a fantastic young defenseman last year, and he's going to improve. Uh, I think we all see a jump in Caleb Jones here. You know, including Dave Tippett. Uh, certainly, yesterday's scrimmage, he really stood out. Jones. Uh, he's confidently moving the puck and making the right play and hanging on to the puck until the play is right, and then delivering the pass. Uh, you know, Barry. We know what Barry could do in Colorado, and he told me, "I want to be back. I'm trying to get back. The guy was in Colorado. He's trying to get through the, uh, the lousy year of the Maple Leafs." And he wants to be the player he was there. The player he was in Colorado, uh, you know, if they can have a guy that follows the rush a little bit, a guy that delivers that pass on the tape and catches a McDavid or a Drysaddle or a Nugent Hopkins in stride and then is available as a trailer, the Oilers haven't had a, a real consistent trailing, play trailing defenseman ball. Who'd be the last guy they had where we said, you know, where he followed the play up ice and took that drop pass type thing? I'm trying to think of the guy. And the last time we've had that guy in town, I don't know who it is. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's funny. Some people have said, well, you know, I think back, Jack, to the, or, uh, back to the first year that they did the uh, color with Rod Phillips in 2008-2009. The Oilers had four 30-plus point defensemen that year, Spec. Uh, they had Sheldon Surrey, but he was a he was not an attack-off-the-rush guy. He was a guy that could hammer it on the power play on the point. They did have Vishnovsky who could join the rush and do a little yeah. bit. He might have been that guy. He was never happy being here. He got traded before his no-movement clause took place, but 
but he did have seven goals and 39 points that year in about 50 games. And then they had Gilbert, and Gilbert was, you know, like a high school quarterback, right? He got the puck up the ice. And then the guy that was a surprise with the great stretch passes for Craig McTavish that year was Grebeshkov. But none of those guys, in my mind, maybe the closest would have been Vishnovsky, but they're right. not, they're not like Barry. Like Barry is a guy who will jump up consistently and try to create, you know, maybe it's a three on three and make it a four on three, or maybe it's a two on two. He'll try to make it a three on two. It has been a long time since they've had that type of player. Yeah, and specifically, you know, we all know that the challenge with McDavid is he needs to receive the puck at the right moment. And with him, the window, because he's so fast, the window, you know, for any defenseman is a smaller window than all the other players out there, right? As when McDavid zooms through the, you know, along the top of the zone with his stick on the ice looking for a puck, he's going fast and you got to hit him with it quick. That's what Barry does well. He's done that his whole career. I have no doubt that he'll deliver that puck. But then to have a guy that has the instinct and the physical abilities to follow that play, uh, you know, remember the guys he's following up ice here. If, if, Barry's playing with the top six forwards, and he's going to be a trailer on any types of rushes with a, people with the vision of Dreisaitl. Cahoon's got good vision. Nugent Hopkins has got good vision. And then the other guy's Connor McDavid. There's a role, right? There's a remember Coffee following up the old, you know, following up Gretzky. He was consistently they would find that trailing player. I'm not saying they're all as good as those guys, but that's a role we haven't seen here, Bob, forever. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. It's interesting because sometimes Wayne would be coming down the right side and cut across to the left and then drop a behind-the-back pass, and sometimes it was Curry and sometimes it was Coffee Against Chicago in 83, it was Curry. Against the Flyers in 85 in the blowout Game 5 victory, it was Paul Coffey. It was one of the greatest goals you'll ever see. Of course, you do that to now, cut across the blue line like that, and the one defenseman channels you in the other defenseman, and you get your knock, you know, your block knocked off of the play. Uh, and it, but it, but it is interesting. Uh, I'm intrigued by this Oilers defense. Uh, even Bouchard, you know, and you're going to need Mark in the first ten games. You're probably going to need at least eight D. Would you not agree? I think we dropped the call again. I'm just trying to get him back on here for okay. you. Okay, well sec. there there we go. Uh, again, you can text us at any time at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Again, for practice today, uh, we will tell you. Uh, that the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers had Slater. All right. Slater Cuckoo was with Tyson Berry. Spec, I, I just made the comment. The Oilers might need eight defensemen in the first 10 games, and this will pave the way for Cuckoo to get some. One of Cuckoo or Russell is going to be on the left side in the third pairing to start. Um, and also, I think Evan Bouchard, uh, he might be on the taxi squad to begin with, but I can see him getting moved in as well. Well, I think Evan Bouchard has shown, and first of all, there, he, he appears to have taken that. You know, he's shown Dave Tippett he's taken that step that Ethan Bear took last year, right? And we all watch this with young players. You know, he's his physical composition's a little different. His play's a little different. He's his mind's a little different. They, he's matured. So that's exactly what you were waiting for from Bouchard. And look, what's the date that the Bakersfield Condors are going to get rolling here? February 5th. Feb 5 still. Okay, so the season starts Jan 13. There's certainly no point sending Bouchard down to the farm until Feb 5. 
you know, or fed four. So I think this, this he certainly earned earned to spend the first most of three weeks with this team, Bob. There's no p- problem having him on a taxi squad or something before he, Bakersfield's even playing. And let's see what he does. I'll bet she gets in a few games, and we're going to get to watch him in the NHL. It's going to be fun. We're getting lots of people jumping in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. So since Paul Coffey, who's the last defenseman you're really comfortable with that could jump up? And you know what? Like Chris Pronger didn't play that way. Chris Pronger was the guy sitting back in the rocking chair and making that, you know, 120-foot pass. And, of course, one of the things that changed, Mark, is the, the elimination of the center ice line, right? Like you can do that stretch pass now before defensemen did have to be more active on the rush. But I want to find out from the listeners. Who do you think's been the best defenseman that the Oilers have had in activating on the rush? Some might say it's darn. Some some might say it's Darnell Nurse. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I think the Oilers D might move the puck a little bit better than people think. I think they've agreed their depth up front. Goaltending mark remains. Uh, it's interesting. I, I got a text from somebody today saying, "Well, the boys out of Toronto are saying the Oilers are seventh out of seventh in goaltending." I'm not. I'll tell you. Here's the thing. It's different for me in the regular season than it is for the playoffs. I think the Oilers have two guys that proved last year that they could be capable starters in the regular season, and neither guy grabbed it come playoff time. Okay? So so I think we're, we're having a different discussion. And don't forget, we have some time. But I think to start, you do actually need two guys that are capable of starting games. To me, Montreal's got the best goaltending in the Canadian division because they have Price, who's the best goalie, and then they got Allen, who's been a split-time starter in St. Louis for the last four years. That's a great one-two punch. But I think the Oilers' combination of Koskinen and Smith is serviceable. Mark, tell me what you think. Well, that's what it is. It's serviceable. You know, if you start stacking up name by name, Right, you know, Markstrom's better than both the guys in Edmonton. Hellebuck's better than both the guys in Edmonton. Price is better than both the guys in Edmonton. Frederick Addis is better than both the guys in Edmonton. That's four of the teams right now. You know, um, I want to say this though: this same tandem, right, gave uh, allowed Edmonton to be the best team in Canada last season, right? Everybody had these goalies last year. Obviously, Markstrom was in Vancouver. Edmonton had more points and a better points percentage than any Canadian team when the pause hit last year, and they did it with Koskinen and Smith in net. So we've heard over and over here that there's a bit of a focus now on five-on-five play, on keeping the puck out of their net, on being a better defensive team. You and me aren't going to get into that debate today, but we've both heard the Oilers and Tippett and McDavid and Drysaddle, everybody talking about it, and that's great. So I guess I want to say to you, Bob, if the tandem that allowed the Oilers to be the best team in Canada during the regular season last year sees a few less chances and has a little bit tighter game in front of them and doesn't get hung out to dry quite as often, I have I see no reason why they can't allow the Oilers to be very competitive in the North Division, if not win the thing. Do they have the guy you can ride through four rounds of the playoffs and win a cup with? They don't have that guy, Bob. And before they win a cup, they're going to have to find that guy. But can they win the North with these two goalies? I think they can win the North with these two goalies. Mark, that's I think that's an entirely fair perspective to have. And again, I'm going to say this once. I'll say it a hundred times. We have a trade deadline too. Remember that. And the, the organization obviously can Holland prioritize goaltending in the off season. The the guy they chased ended up signing with Calgary. There's going to be pressure with him on Calgary. But the reality is, the Oilers now have a Mike Smith who 
probably wants to prove it a bit. Sometimes that's when you get an athlete's best performance. And Koskinen, who in fairness was at 917 when Markstrom was 918. I'm with you. Uh, Dr. Pepper Rob, unique handle, uh, says, you guys are out to lunch on Tyson Berry. Toronto had just as much talent as Edmonton, and Berry still crapped the bed. My response to that, Mark, would be sometimes guys get off to tough starts and it's difficult to dig out of it. He looked pretty good in Colorado when he was there. What about you? Well, what happened to him in, in Toronto, uh, my understanding, talking not just to him, but the people in Toronto, uh, he got caught up in the uh, Kyle Dubas-Mike Babcock feud that was going on that would end halfway through the season when Babcock got fired. Uh, Dubas acquired the player. Babcock didn't really want him. That's what I understand to be true. So, you know, let's, let's get out of Toronto and talk about um, – Chicago, and we've seen some defensemen come through there. I'm trying to think of the name of the defenseman um, that ended up in Pittsburgh. When Joel Quenville didn't like a player in Chicago, the guy was a lousy player there. He didn't have a chance. You can't play for Mike Babcock if he, he didn't like. He didn't like Connor Speck. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. He yeah. didn't like Connor Murphy. That was the guy. He hated that Jarmelson for Connor Murphy trade. And by halfway through yeah. last season, Connor Murphy was starting to look like a player. I hated that trade, too, because uh, <laughs> Jarvis is a way better player. But nonetheless, that's to me that my understanding is that is that Barry really got caught up in that thing. And, you know, a lot of pressure in Toronto. It didn't go well. He had an awful start. The fans were on him. The team was on him. The media was on him. And he, he suffered through it. So I think you get a fresh slate here and a fresh player. And uh, I'd be surprised if he did not have a much better season for Edmonton. This texter comes in, says, Bob, BS to Dr. Pepper. That texter, Tyson Berry, looked good in parts of the season last year, especially once uh, Mike Babcock was gone. Mark, we're going to have uh, lots to uh, hit on here over the course of the next couple days. Uh, thank you for being a part of the show. We will tell the listeners right now that uh, horse racing in Alberta has re-upped. Uh, that means uh, we will keep together our unique uh, relationship. Uh, you know, the one where we love to hate each other. But thanks for being a part of Oilers now. <laughs> Pleasure, Bobby. I'm looking forward to a season, man. Like, uh, you know what? I know what's going on in Dallas. I know what's going on in Columbus. But we're going to get a hockey season here, and I can't wait for it. All right. It is uh, 122 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and with you along with Brendan Escott. When we come back, i got a rack of texts I want to get to on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers now. <laughs> Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. And you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 124. Uh, this texter says, uh, regarding uh, Tyson Berry, Speck has the right angle after Babcock left. A look at Berry's numbers way different. Well, we're going to ask James Myrtle coming up from the Athletic out of Toronto because he's all over that beat. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Barry will be better in Edmonton than last year in Toronto, says another texter. Barry was put into positions not conducive to his style of play because of injuries to defensemen in Toronto, including Jake Muzzin, Morgan Riley, and Travis Dermott. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Barry is the type of player, it says uh, Peter from Wainwright, uh, the type of player who is a specific role player, if you don't put him in the top-end power play with smart forwards, you're wasting him. Coaching is very important to his game. He's going to be on the first unit power play here. Let's establish that right now. This texter comes in saying, uh, Mark Spector 
saying Connor McDavid looks like the best player on the ice. Wow, is he great at his job? That text comes to us from Mark. Uh, he obviously was being a little bit facetious, having some fun with that, as was Jack Michaels earlier in the show. Again, you watch it, and uh, away you go. Uh, for some reason, I'm getting texts about IBM into our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, I often put my foot in my mouth on a lot of different topics, but I can't recall the last time I did so uh, with IBM. Uh, Bob, what's this narrative that Anderson in Toronto is better than Miko Koskinen and Markstrom? Kirk, uh, Koskinen had better or the same stats as both guys last year, did he not? Uh, Markstrom was at 918. Koskinen was at 907, uh, 917. Mark, uh, okay, let's do that again. Here we go. Markstrom, I believe, was at 918. 917 save percentage for Koskinen. Last year, Anderson, I think, was sub 910 off the top of my head. Frederick Anderson's been pretty good against the Oilers over the course of the uh, last uh, several years until he ended up getting pulled last year. Bob, how can you not look at the goalies on each Canadian team and not say that the Oilers are last? I'll tell you why. Because they've got two guys that can start. And in a compressed schedule, that is a factor. Like, you look at Winnipeg, they got Connor Hallebach. He had an unbelievable year last year. What have we seen with goaltenders in the West? And, hey, people say, well, they're only playing in the Canadian, the North Division this year. That's right. You're flying across the country from Vancouver to Montreal. What have we seen with goaltenders that start 60-plus games year after year after year? There's a war of attrition that takes place. Who is Winnipeg's backup? when you have the back-to-back games. Do you go Connor Hellebuck, Connor Hellebuck? Winnipeg was the organization a number of years ago where uh, analytics guys, some of whom are now working for NHL franchises like Carolina, uh, like New Jersey, used to point out that Andre Pavlik was amongst the worst starters in the National Hockey League on the second of back-to-backs and that they should go with a different goalie. I think during the course of this specific pandemic-related season, you need a one-two punch. You need a one-two punch. That's all there is to it. So, and you need two guys that can start. And Laurent Brassois to the stage, even though he played for the Edmonton Oil Kings, has not proven to be a consistent starter. Who is the second goalie to Frederick Anderson in Toronto? Who is the second goaltender at this stage to Matt Murray, who's coming off a difficult season? I know a lot of people have Matt Murray ranked ahead of Miko Koskin. Not everybody in the league feels that way about Matt Murray. Going to tell you that right now. And I know he's won two Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. Played for a pretty good team in front of him. Absolutely. And even in Vancouver, Demko, great prospect goaltender. Right? He might end up being, you know, Holtby and Demko. Holtby's looking to bounce back after two tough years, which coincided, by the way, with a departure from Mitch Korn, who went to the New York Islanders organization, where Korn subsequently spearheaded um Amazing play out of the likes of Robin Lehner with the Islanders for a year. Think of who was there last season. Big step forward and goal for the Islanders last year as well with Varlamov. So lots of things to factor in here. I think Edmonton's going to be fine in goal. I really do in the regular season. Head-to-head, Price against either Koskinen or Smith. Come on. Carey Price is a goalie for Team Canada. Connor Hellebuck won the uh, Vesna last year. But you're going to need two starters. And Montreal is the one team to me that clearly has an advantage on everybody else when it comes to goal. 129 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. James Myrtle coming up from The Athletic. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.